morning, everybody. It's good to be here. Um, this morning, I'm going to talk about the cheering of the crowd. And it comes from our Bible project this week, which was um, Hebrews 12, and it's verse 1 to 3. Let's pray. Father, I just, Father, I ask that you would come, O God. And Father, you just speak to the hearts of your children this morning. And Lord, I pray, Father, that it's, this is not me, Lord, but this is you, Father. And whatever you would have me say, Lord, that I would say, Lord. Whatever is not of you would fall to the ground. Whatever is of you would resonate within the hearts of your people. Amen. So Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. And this is taken from the Passion Translation. It says, As for us, we have, a, we have all of these great witnesses who encircle us like clouds. So we must let go of every wound that has pierced us and the sin we so easily fall into. Then we will be able to run life's marathon's race with passion and determination, for the path has already been marked out for us. We look away from the natural realm and we fasten our gaze onto Jesus, who birthed faith within us and who leads us forward in faith's perfection. His example is this. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. Well, what a description of pure love. What a description to know that Jesus knew the joy that he was going to feel. He knew the emotion. He knew the sheer happiness of being able to say that we belong to him. That you and I belong to him. So he endured or he willingly went to the cross. He accepted all the pain, all the suffering. He willingly put himself forward for the humiliation just so he can call us one of his own. I just think that's an amazing picture of love. But let's look at the start of this passage. It says, we have a great cloud of witnesses encircled us to cheer us on. A great cloud of witnesses all around us. It's not a cloud of heaviness. It's not a cloud of darkness or doom or despair. It's a joyous cloud. It's a cloud full of love and encouragement. And if you try to imagine what it's like, have you ever been to a football match or a boxing match or a live concert, pre-COVID, of course, where there was no social distance, where there was no limit put on numbers that could enter the venue. There was no numbers put on the amount of people you could sit with. It was just this amazing venue, full to capacity of people, that you had to squeeze your way through to get out of the food stand or the drink stand, or squeeze your way to get out of the bathroom. An auditorium or a field with lots of different voices, different nationalities, all cheering on the same team as you, or cheering on the same artists of you. Remember the excitement, the atmosphere, when you are waiting for them to come on stage and this music is playing, or you're waiting for them to come on to the football field. The joy of so many people being together, cheering and singing and chanting together. The noises, the voices so loud that you have to show to the person next to you so they can actually hear what you're saying. And we're getting closer to them days again, people. We're getting closer. 
You know, two weeks ago, my daughter got married, um, and Penny was actually my dance partner. Normally, John is the dancer in the family, but this time, it was me and Penny on the floor. And this amazing little girl danced to every song and knew the words of every song. I was like, how, how do you even know them songs? Like, I knew the chorus, but he, she was singing every word. I was like, how do you know all them? She said, my dad has a playlist. Rob, I never knew you were into the Spice Girls and Dolly Parton and all that. <laughs> but you know what? When I think of that auditorium of, or a field where people are cheering together, waiting for their artists or their team to come on, that's what I think of. That's what I can imagine when I imagine this great cloud of witnesses. This enormous field full of great men and women of God. Some of them gone home to glory already. They're there with the angels cheering us on. Different voices, different tribes, different tongues. We're all part of the one family. They're cheering and encouraging and pushing and saying, keep going, don't give up. You've got this. You're nearly there. We're all behind you. Whatever it is that you're going through at that moment, when you just need a bit of encouragement, this crowd is cheering you on. You can imagine somewhere like Crow Park, that probably holds like 80,000, but 10 times bigger, even 100 times bigger. I can't do the maths for that one. But if you look up to the sky on a cloudy day, there's just clouds and clouds and clouds. There's big ones and small ones. There's dark ones and bright ones. There's clouds interlinking clouds. Some clouds have little gaps of light shining through them. Now imagine all them clouds full of people of God cheering you on, saying to you, go for it. Go for it, because you've got this. And who are these people that are cheering us on? Who are they? Well, in chapter 11, it tells us some of the names of these people. And we read that they are called the heroes of faith. And some of them heroes of faith was like Noah, Abraham, Isaac, Joseph, Sarah, Rahab, David, all these mighty people of God. And you know, I believe that now there's even more in that crowd. That the heroes of faith that came after them, the likes of the ones that walked with Jesus, like Mark, like Peter, Stephen, Mary, who stepped out full of faith and anointed him with the alabaster jar. Paul, whose life was miraculously transformed. All of them are in them clouds cheering you on. And you know, we can have heroes of faith of our own. We have people that walk this walk with us. We have people that are on the same journey. And I'm sure if I went around the room and asked, who's your hero? Everyone can think of one person that they would look to as a hero. You see, some of the people that I look to when I think of heroes of the faith that have gone home is the likes of Noel McFarlane. It's the likes of Trey Stuff. It's the likes of Stephen Kilmartin. Our loved ones, our family in the church, cheering us on, keep going. The prize is worth it. Keep going. And today, you know, I still have heroes that are still very much alive um, and living. And these heroes are people that I think are selfless people. They put others first. They bless me. They encourage me. They answer the call of God on their life. And my heroes of the faith today are the likes of Chris and Sheila, where they gave up their home, they left their daughters here in Ireland, that they could go to a foreign land and they could be the parents to the orphans. 
my heroes of the day are Noel and Sharon, who open up their home constantly, who I've seen Noel walk away from his job to answer the call of God in his life and go to Bible College with a young family. My heroes of the faith today are Rob and Patrice, a young couple, Rob who had an amazing career. Some of you probably don't even know, Rob had an amazing career. I'm telling you, he would have had an amazing income. And he gave it up. Why? To answer the call of God in his life. Because he knew God wanted them here to feed, to nurture, and to love the people of Bray. These are our heroes of faith. And I don't know about you, but that just moves me. It just touches me that these people, men and women of God, of God, some that have already gone home to glory, some that are still living here today, they're cheering me on. When I feel like I can't carry on anymore, I can hear their voices. Just keep going, Anna. Just keep going. When I feel like this mountain is way too high, I am never going to climb up over it. I can hear their voices saying, you've got this. You've got it. One step at a time. You know, when past horts resurface, our new horts appear. I look up to the sky on a cloudy day and I can almost see them heroes in the clouds cheering me on, saying, don't give up on it. Keep going. We're right behind you. Remember who you are. Remember who you belong to. We're all here with you. They're cheering, saying, keep going, run your race. The prize is so worth it. You see, the word of God tells us that we need to drop, drop everything else that stops us from running our race. Anything that will hinder or slow us down from running this race, we need to drop it. You see, we all have things that interfere with our race. We all have things that hinder our race. Yes, even us Christians have things that hinder our race. But what is it that slows us down? Is it unforgiveness? Is it hurt in our life? Is it bitterness? Is it anger? Is it jealousy? You see, the scripture says to let go of every wound that has pierced you and every sin that we so easily fall into. You see, even though we know Jesus, we ask him to be Lord of our lives, we ask him into our hearts, we can still fall into sin. We still get distracted. We still lose sight of who we are in him. And we still lose sight of who he is. So we need to be aware and we need to come to him with every wound, big and small, everything that was ever hurt, everything that has ever pierced you, and give it to him. You see, the scripture clearly says in this passage, you must let go of every wound. You must let go of every wound. It doesn't say you can try let go. It doesn't say one day you'll be able to let go. It doesn't say, well, you can think about it for the next 10 years. It says you must. You must. So it's a command. You must let it go. The NIV version says, throw off everything. And then and only then will you be able to run this marathon this journey, or this race that God has called you to run. When we let go of hurts, when we let go, we can run with passion and determination in our stride. So let go, drop the baggage, throw away whatever it is, that thing that's weighing you down. It's very difficult to run when you have weights hanging out of you or weights in your hands. 
You know, I go to the gym sometimes. And sometimes the trainer makes us do this thing called the farmer's walk, where you have to carry two weights in your hand and walk around the whole block. And it's horrible. And you pick up the weights and think, oh, this is not bad. And you walk out the door. By the time you get to the corner, your breathing is gone. Your heart is pumping. Your heart rate has gone up. You lose your stamina. You begin to slow down. Your hands begin to hurt. Your arm begins to hurt. Your shoulders begin to hurt. And eventually, well, I do, I drop the weights and take a breather and then pick them back up when he's, when he's looking and start walking again. But it's very hard to walk with weights, to carry weights. Have you ever tried to run, physically run, with weights hanging out of you? You know, if you look at a professional runner on the television or out doing the marathons or whatever, they wear a little vest or a little crop top and tiny, tiny little shorts. Like they hardly have anything on. Why? Because they don't want anything restricting them. They don't need anything weighing them down. They need to feel as light as possible. And here we are running a life's marathon. Not just a little race, a life's marathon with these heavy boulders weighing us down. Heavy boulders weighing on your heart, weighing on your spirit. Heavy boulders draining your soul, draining the life out of you. Where it comes to the point that you're slumped over, you have no energy, you have no joy, you have no peace. All you have is heartache and pain. Constantly feeling, I can't do this anymore. I can't carry on this marathon. I can't continue on this journey with God. And you know what? You're right. You can't. Unless you drop the weight. You see, the scripture again says you must drop it. When you drop that weight, then you can run this marathon. You know, I'd done um, a 5K one time. I'd rather do anything in the gym than run. Anything, any type of cardio than run. I hate running. But I signed up to do this 5K because it was for charity. And we got to the Phoenix Park and it was raining out, and I'm like, gee, ain't you running in the rain? But the rain came down, and it was torrential rain, like soaked right through to the skin, where bubbles were coming up over your runners, like soaked right through to the skin. And some people would think it's only a 5K, but to me, a 5K it might as well be 50K, because I just don't like running. But you know what? I came around the corner, and I was at the 4K mark, and I was like, I've only one more K, and I thought, I can't do this. I, I just can't do this. I'm wet. I'm tired. I just can't do it. So I began to slow down, and eventually I began to walk. And then next of all, I felt someone come and link me and said, come on, Anna, you have only one more K to go. And when I looked, it was a girl that used to come to um, our church. She said, you have only one more K. And I was like, I can't. I, I just can't run anymore. I can't lift my legs. And she said to me, get that jacket off you. That jacket is weighing you down. Get the jacket off. So I unzipped the jacket, tied it around my waist, and I began to pick up the speed again. And then the encouragement and the cheering of all of those that were at the 5K, standing in the lashes of rain, but are standing there waiting for their family and friends to come in and run over the finish line. Those that had already got to the finish line, they didn't go home to dry off. They stayed there in the rain, cheering and clapping, showing everyone, come on, you're nearly there, you're nearly there. Keep going, keep going. And that's what got me through the last 1K. So today, take off the way. 
drop it. How do we do this? Well, the next part of the scripture says that we fasten or we fix our eyes on Jesus. We look to him. Our focus has to be on him. We don't look at the distractions. We don't look at the wounds that we have. We don't look at the heavy weights in our hands and complain how heavy they are. We don't look at the size of the mountain and think, I'm never going to climb over that. But we look to him who created every mountain. We don't look at the horse. You don't pick at them, hoping they're going to heal. Do you ever have a scab and you keep picking at it? If I just get that bit off, it'll be gone. And then you pick and you pick and you pick and it begins to bleed. And what you're doing is you're reopening the same wound. Rather than leaving it there and allowing it to heal, you pick and you pick. So we stop picking at the scabs. We fix our eyes on Jesus and we look to him. He can heal the scabs. And he can carry the heavy burdens. That's why he went to the cross. Listen to what the second part of verse 2 says. Because his heart was focused on the joy of knowing that you would be his, he endured the agony of the cross and conquered its humiliation and now sits exalted at the right hand of the throne of God. You see, Jesus didn't see the cross itself as joy. He looked at what was coming after the cross. He looked past the horror. He looked past the lashing of the whip. He looked past the crown of thorns. He looked past all the beatings, the humiliation, the brutality, the pain, the torture. He looked past it all, and he seen that this was the only way that we could be reconciled to the Father. He was able to endure the ordeal of the cross because he knew this was going to bring redemption for us. This would bring freedom. This would bring forgiveness. This would bring love and acceptance. And this would bring joy. He knew that the cross would allow us to hand over every wound and to overcome every sin that we fall into. You see, Jesus wasn't looking forward to the pain and the torture of the cross. But he was looking forward to us belonging to him. Verse 3. So consider carefully how Jesus faced such intense opposition from sinners who opposed their own souls so that you won't become worn down and cave in under life's pressures. You see, Jesus, Jesus faced it all so we could overcome it. You're not running this race or this marathon on your own. From the moment you ask him into your life, he begins to run this race with you. He was there at the beginning of the race. He is there now in the middle of the race. He's cheering you on. He's saying to you, give me them weights. I can carry them. I can run this race carrying them weights, but you can't. He's saying, if you hand them over, you can run with passion. You can run with determination. You can run with freedom. You see, Jesus endured the cross so we don't have to be worn down and cave under life's pressures. We are not alone on this journey. We have an army of angels cheering us on. Don't give up. Don't give up. We have a great cloud of witnesses cheering us on. We're all behind you. Each one of us is right behind you. And you have people in your life 
doing life with you on the same journey. And they're saying, let's do this together. You've got this. You've got this. But what cloud of witnesses are you listening to? You see, there is a joyous, loving, encouraging cloud of witnesses of God's people that are speaking the truth into your life. But there is also a dark cloud of witnesses full of doom and gloom and despair with the people of Satan speaking lies. You see, the clouds belong to the enemy. They won't cheer you on. They won't have your back. They'll always try to keep you down. Because there's always going to be a battle for your soul. You see, the cloud of witnesses that God has for us is bright. And it's love. But the cloud that the enemy has for us is like a cloud of smoke. You can't see where you're going. You're choking in it. Heaven's cloud is saying, give Jesus over your hearts. The enemy's cloud is saying, just keep them. Don't tell anybody about it. Look what they've done on you. How can you forgive them? When heaven's cloud of witnesses are saying, look to Jesus. The other clouds are saying, no, look in on yourself. When heaven's cloud is saying, give everything over to Jesus. You live in freedom. The other cloud is saying, don't listen to them. Just do this. Just hurt yourself. It will release pain. You see, the other cloud speaks lies. So what crowd of witnesses are you listening to? Are you listening to the crowd that's going to cheer you on, saying, get back up in the race. If you fall, get back up. It's okay. Just get back up. Or are you listening to the ones that's going to try to drag you down? We need to look to Jesus. We need to listen to him. You can do this. You can get through this because I'm with you all the way. Keep going. I'm right there. I'm never going to leave you. You see, Jesus began this race with you. He's running right beside you. He'll be there at the very end of your race, cheering you on and welcoming you home over the finish line. Jesus put himself forward for the cross, knowing it would bring pure joy to say that I belong to him. He endured everything that came with the cross because he could see how it was going to save and heal and set free. So today, I would encourage you to drop or throw off everything that will try to hinder your race, that will try to stop you from running this journey with God. Run the race knowing that he is with you. Run the race knowing that the prize, the end prize is so worth it. Run this race knowing that your loved ones that have gone before you are there cheering you on. We're all the heroes of the faith, cheering you on. Keep going, keep going. Pick up your head and keep going. The prize is so worth it. So today we have a choice of who we listen to, which crowd we listen to. Are we going to listen to the great cloud of witnesses that the scripture talks about? Or are we going to listen to the liars? I'd encourage you to listen to the great cloud of witnesses. Because by listening to them, you will receive freedom. You will receive redemption. You will receive everything that your hearts desire. And know that he is always with you. He is running right beside you.
the prize is so worth it. Amen. You know, if you feel today that you're struggling, if you feel that you have something that is stopping you from running this race, or something that just like is like a hurdle in front of you and you're thinking, I don't know if I can jump. I would encourage you to just stand and we would just pray with you today. Because all of us, all of us will face opposition. All of us will face things that will try to stop us from running on this journey. Let's everyone stand and we pray.